Welcome, everybody, man. This is Chili Willie, your favorite homeboy here in the Philippines. And you know what, man? The best podcast is going down Southeast Asia, anywhere in the world. It's WZWA. And don't miss an episode of it. California, these guys are awesome. The following announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Hi, everybody. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow. And My name is Eugene. And you are watching the Insider's Edge podcast. Now get on the train. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show here on the WZWA Network. I am your host with the most on the West Coast, California Ibiri. Great to be with you here once again. We're killing it. We are killing it in the last half of 2020. I think this is the first time on the show, except for when we've been interviewing people from Australia, that we're talking to someone who's in the same time zone as us. And uh, it's exciting for me to introduce the one and only, he's everybody's homie, Chili Willie. How you going, brother? Yo. What's up? I'm glad to be with you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm here in the Philippines, so my favorite oh. beer... The Philippine is Red Horse, just so you guys know. Okay. Red Horse beer. I'll note that for if I ever go to the Philippines, I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah, I've heard <laughs> of it actually. But um, over here, Jack. Hey, you're welcome, bro. Sure, man. Um, yeah, Chili Willie, welcome to the show. Um, as usual, the first um sort of question we always like to ask is how you became a wrestling fan, and what was it? Uh, when when did you become a wrestling fan, and uh, what was it that sucked you in? Oh man, I think um. Uh, when I was probably about seven or eight, uh, just flipping through the channels, and uh, I think I, I happened to stumble across WWF. And uh, then, because uh, I grew up in two places. I grew up in New Jersey, and then I grew up in North Carolina. So when I was in New Jersey, it was WWF. When I was in North Carolina, it was called NWA. So anyway, I was just, as a young boy, uh, just watching Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales, Rocky Johnson, Johnny Ross, um, Don Morocco. And so um, I was a huge fan then. I mean, it just, it just overwhelmed me. Those guys were big, you know, like little Ivan, Ivan Plusky. He was, he was short, but he was muscular. And uh, Tony Atlas, all these guys, when I was in New Jersey as a, as a young boy watching it, I became a huge fan. And then when I moved, uh, when I would go down to visit my mom in, in North Carolina, I would, because uh, I stayed with my grandmother in New Jersey, uh, I would watch uh, NWA Mid-Atlantic, and I would watch Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Blackjack Mulligan, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes, you name it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably say when I was seven or eight, man, that's when I, I, I marked out for, for pro wrestling. Wicked, Dan. And... Um... According to our research here as well, there's another passion. Uh, you had and you also took part in Tough Man contests. Uh, talk to us about that. Um, what was that all about? Oh, man. Well, that came later. I started, I, because I got into wrestling real late in life. Yeah. Um, like I said, I wanted, to, I wanted to wrestle when I was young, when I was 16. Um, I played football in high school. Uh, I wanted to then, we didn't have the internet, so, so we had the magazines. And so... You know, I would see clips in the magazines where, where you, you can join a wrestling school like uh, Killer Kowalski School. But that was too far from where I lived. I didn't have no money. So 
Uh, at 16, 17, at 17, I graduated high school. I'll give you a backdrop. I graduated high school and moved back to New Jersey because I went to high school with my mom down in uh, where my mother lived at in North Carolina. Moved back to New Jersey, worked a little bit, but then I got married when I was 19. Well, the wow. first time that, yeah, when I when I when I, the first time that I entered a pro wrestling ring, uh, I tried out for uh, Larry Sharp Paul, uh, in Paulsboro, New Jersey, uh, the Monster Factory. Yeah, that was it was on the, it was on a Tuesday night tried out. So anyway, I didn't get I didn't get into a wrestling ring. That was 1989. Just to show you how old I am, 1989. Wow. I didn't get into wrestling until 1997. Once I wrestled, uh, once I started wrestling, um, there was times when I, uh, like on the weekends when we didn't, if I didn't have a show, I, I had to figure out how, how am I going to make money? You know, I had a full-time job, uh, but I was moonlighting, doing a wrestling thing. And so the Tough Man competition came around in my, in my area, and I tried, I, you know, I just... I signed up for it. You know, they said you can win $1,500. I thought you could win the whole $1,500, but there's three different weight classes. So you only get like each each weight class, each winner wins 500 out of three weight classes, <laughs> heavyweight, middleweight, lightweight, something like that. Try it out. And uh, the first one I did was at a YMCA in North Carolina. And let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one minute round. But three minutes, I mean, three rounds, three three rounds. So basically just three minutes. But if you never boxed before, it, the cardio will kill you. So I was, you know, I was thinking I'm wrestling. I'm, I'm jacked up a little bit, you know, and I think I'm in pretty good shape. But when you start throwing them hands and nothing but hands and you start getting hit, I was like, oh, shit, what the hell? But I wound up beating the guy. The guy was bigger than me. I wound up beating him, got the 500. I said, oh, okay, I like this. So every time that I saw that there was a tough man competition in my state and I wasn't wrestling on that weekend, then I would, I would go for it. And I think I did about four. I think I did four, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, I won all four of them. All of them. <laughs> awesome, bro. Undefeated. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so obviously, tough, but... Sorry, go on. Hmm. No, I said it was tough, but I did, you know, I won all four, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's good shit. That's good shit. Uh, so, wind about the clock a little bit, man. Um, so, how did you, how was it that you got into the business? Um, and who was it that trained you? Uh, how was the process sort of uh, breaking in and um, sort of finding your fate uh, in a wrestling ring? Well, like I said, um, 19 when I started, first time I tried out was in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Um, and... I was so so happy to try out that I had a singlet that I bought. Funny story. And the singlet, you know, it had the Nike sign on the leg, I think on the left leg or whatever, left part of the leg or right leg, I'm not sure. So anyway, I put the singlet on backwards. Went into the ring and uh, did a tryout for Larry Sharp in the Monster Factory. And he told me, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay. You know, you just need to, you know, up your game or whatever. 
come back, uh, pay the cost or whatever. I think it's like 3000 something like that. Like I said, I just got married. I didn't have the money. So we're back to Rochester, New York. And I lived there until I moved to North Carolina in 1996. Moved to North Carolina in 1996. And I know you guys don't know these. You probably don't know the the distance in areas of these places because you guys live in Australia. But anyway, uh, to the American fans, if you know. So I, I, I tried out in 1996 for WCW. Oh, wow. Um, right. uh, power plant. Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed with a friend. I stayed, I had a friend. Stay, uh, they let me stay with them in, in, uh, in Atlanta, in Tucker, in Tucker, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. And uh, I said, I want to try out for this, this, this WCW wrestling. And so I tried out. It was a three-day tryout. About 30 guys there. And the Sarge, uh, Buddy Lee. No, uh, yeah. Buddy Parker. Yeah. yeah. He, was the, um, he was the trainer. And then you, got, you had guys that come in, um, like your trainee guys, like Harbody Harrison, um, guys like Johnny Swinger. Um, and then you had, like, um, they, they, were, they were, like, I, I guess they were called, they were called, like, the mid-carters. Because you had your main card, like uh, Chris Benoit, Steven Regal, and all those guys, they will come in later. So anyway, Hardbody and some of the other guys, uh, they will come in, and they would, as we trying out, they would work out with us, try to motivate us. It was a three-day tryout. And I don't know how many squats, how many push-ups, sit-ups. They were guys from uh, college football, I think NFL. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure the names or whatever, but I kind of overheard some things. 30, about 30 guys. I was one of the three guys that made it. Wow. I can't do it. On the last, on the last day, which was, which was a Friday, the, some of the guys would come in, like your Chris Benoit and all those guys would come in, like I said. And anyway, they came in, they picked up your checks, or some of them did. And if you look on my Facebook page, you will see a picture with me, Chris Benoit, and Steven Regal. Well, that was the last day that I had passed the, the power plant, and I took a picture with those guys and uh, marked out, man. I was like, what? You know? And so, uh, because they got in the ring with us, and they, they did some things. So anyway, after that, we would go, we, they, they, they took us into a room, me and these other two guys, not together, but they took us and we talked to Mr. Wrestler number two, I think it was, Joey, Joey yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. At that time, he was running it, I think. And he, he said the same thing Mr. Sharp said. He said, you know, you got to pay the money. You know, it's a school you got to go to and everything. And I said, shit, I still ain't got no more money, man. I said, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to North Carolina. So I went back to North Carolina by that time and uh, started working. So they had a, they had a wrestling show uh, at my high school. And my father, he was the custodian guy at the high school. So, you know, I got in free. I didn't pay. I got in through the back door. Well, a good friend of mine now, well, he passed away. His name was Walt McDonald, but they called him Big Slam. He, he ran a show at the high school. And on that card was the Hardy Boys, 
Joey Matthew, Christine York, C.W. Anderson, Steve Carino, Shannon Moore, some other guys. Stacked. And yeah, he was stacked. I was like, <laughs> you know, you look at those names. Yeah, Shane Helms. I think I think he was there. Anyway, so um, I I, I watched the show. And I was like, how do you do this? You know, how do you get into this? So I asked around, and somebody pointed me over to the DJ booth. And the guy that was there, his name was Dan Wright, which is C.W. Anderson, Chris Wright, cousin, their first cousins. All right. Yeah, so he gave me the number. And the school was not too far from my house, my mom's house. And so every Wednesday night, uh, I, I went down and I started training. And C.W. Was the, was the trainer. It was C.W. and his cousin running the school. And... They didn't really have those students at that time. It was just me, um, two other guys. A guy named Laz. He did some. He did some work in Ring of Honor, Impact, um, years ago. And then there was another guy named Stacy Jones. But CW was also helping out Brad Kane, which is Lodi. Yeah. Before Lodi yeah. became one of the Ravens' flop. Yeah. So, and then there was a guy named Tove that was also in the mix. Mix. And so that's how I started training, man. I started training through C.W. Anderson. And then there was another guy that came along because C.W. Anderson started going to different shows, I think, like, uh, or doing different things where he couldn't train us. And so there was another guy named Gary Simone who also who, who took on the training for us. And so... Between those two, C.W. Anderson was those three, actually, Dan Wright. Dan Wright, C.W. Anderson, and Gary Simone. But C.W. Anderson was the one who started me out and, and pretty much did most of my training. Awesome, That's man. awesome, man. Yeah, we've had a few people on the show that have uh, crossed paths with C.W. And I, I know at some point early next year, we're going to hopefully get him on the show to talk about all that. Um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I, from my research, I found that your first matches were in 1997. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was 1997. I think it was not too long after I started training, actually. It was like I said, there was a guy named Gary Simone. They called him Big Trucker, the Mad Trucker. And uh, he did some work, some indie work, uh, not indie work, but dark matches in WWE years ago. Uh, but not, not a big name. Uh, yeah. like that, but anyway, he knew his stuff, and so he was booked on a show in North Carolina somewhere, and it was at a, like a trailer, uh, trailer park where they sold trailers, you know, houses, it yeah. was outside. So, so there were maybe 10 people, you know, because these people are trying to sell houses, and you don't get that many people coming in. It's not like a mall show or anything like that. Well, so a couple of guys didn't show up for the for the match. Excuse me. And he had a pair of extra trunks, and I didn't even have gear yet, and and boots. But luckily, we wore, we wore the same size, size twelve. And he said, "Chili, need you in there. I'm gonna put you in the ring." And I was shit in my pants, <laughs> even though it was like probably 10 to 5 people, I was like, I've only been training, I don't know, almost less than a month, you know, and you, here I here I am, uh, I mean, what do I do, he, just, he said, just listen to me, 
and you know we'd go from there. And I remember uh, he said, "You gonna you, you, do you have any music in your car or whatever?" I said, "No, nah, I really don't have no music. Like you know, we, we had CDs, but I didn't I didn't think of no music of what I wanted to come out to." He said, "Okay, what you're gonna come out to is the black the Black Crows." And so I came out to the music, the Black Crows, uh, wore a pair of gray trunks, I think, red boots with the Black Star. And the rest is history, man. I was I was wrestling ever since, you know. And it was it was interesting, you know. I, I went in, I had no clue what was going on. I was like a deer in the headlight, you know. Uh, the only thing that I did know was when I when I walked to the ring. And when I walked to the ring outside, I mean, before I even walked to the ring, it felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, what the? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you got that feeling of, oh, shit, this is really happening. You know, this is stuff that I've been watching on television, you know, watching Jimmy Snooker and Bob Backlund walk to the ring and Ric Flair, and, and here I am, you know. And, um, you know, I got in there and I guess did what I had to do, and, and uh, I don't I don't even remember the match, really. It was just, I just thought I got my ass <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's it's so prevalent with a lot of our interviews uh, that a lot of guys' first matches end up being because they were just thrust into this thing at the last second because someone didn't show yeah. up. So yeah, everyone has a lot of similar stories. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to guess fast forward a little bit in the timeline here and just ask you how you. You know, finally got noticed and uh, or signed by ECW. Was it CW Anderson having a little bit of influence there? Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It, we um, like I was working on the independent circuit, you know, and just working matches, certain matches, and things like and things like that. And um, you know, I was I was working, you know, sharing a locker room with some of your stars now, like you know, the, the Hardy Boys, like I said, Shane uh, Helms, Hurricane Helms, and C.W. Anderson, Chris, uh, uh, Chris, um, Curry, Curry, uh, Steve Carino, I'm sorry, Steve Carino, yeah. and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I remember doing a show, just a quick, quick story. We did a show in somewhere in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and there was three people in the crowd. We're not even talking about the people that was doing concession. Three people in the crowd. And so, like I said, you got guys like and the Hardy Boys was on this show, Shane Helms, uh, CW, a bunch of guys. I'm just starting out really doing, you know, doing a couple of months or maybe a year or two into the business. And um, <laughs> we do a battle royal because there's only three people in the crowd. <laughs> well, you know, when you do things like that, you want to you only show guys like that, you know, they remember you and everything. And even though CW trained me, you know, he, he would look out for his students and things like that. And so we did another show, and um, I think we were at some bar for um, SCW, a guy named Grob out of North Carolina. He would, he would book a lot of guys, a lot of talent guys from North Carolina. Same names, you know, before they made it really big. And so we did a show, and it was in Durham somewhere, and I cut the promo, and Steve Carino and CW was there, and they said, man, we got to take you up. We have to take you with us. 
to one of our shows, my ECW show. I and, and mind you, I had no clue what ECW was. Oh, really? I think this was <laughs> two thousand, year two thousand, two thousand one or something. Two thousand, I think, year two thousand. I had no clue what ECW was because I, I didn't follow it because I didn't have, um, I guess, the, the certain type of cable that would bring in ECW. I just didn't, I just didn't know what it was. I, I, I kind of Sunshine Network or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew. I kind of knew Paul Paul Dangerously because he was in, you know, uh, Mid Atlantic and, and things like that. Uh, WCW or whatever. And so I kind of knew that name, but I didn't know that he was the owner or whatever. I didn't know who Tommy Dreamer was, didn't know who Sandman was, didn't know who New Jack was, didn't know oh, who wow. nobody was. <laughs> I didn't know. Who well, when I was training, when I was training, there was a guy named Toad that was helping, also got into the business. He also wanted to go, because him, he wanted to go to ECW first. It was, it, I think it was, he brought CW to an ECW show, this guy named Toad. Yeah. Well, they did a tryout. They did a tryout, and CW was the one who got booked. And so the whole time, though, before that, Toad would talk about the Dudleys, you know, Devon and Bubba Ray. I, 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 had no clue. I had no clue who these guys were. So anyway, <laughs> they, they invite me to a show, I think, in Washington, D.C., and I just – I just – Sat back and just, you know, I was carrying bags. I think I was just hanging out with CW and Steve. No, it was in, it was in North Carolina, Asperger. So I went to one of the shows, and I was standing by the table, the autograph table, autograph signing. And a kid come up to me and said, can I get your autograph? And i never forget this. The New Jack, he probably will never forget. He, he probably don't remember this. <laughs> but he didn't even know me. He didn't even know me. He didn't get he didn't get crazy with me or anything like he just told the kid he said hey he ain't with us <laughs> he, <was> like, <laughs> he don't work for ECW <laughs> he said, he, said, he just he just standing over there I I didn't say anything I was like okay all right you know it's the show <laughs> this is this is theirs I don't I ain't got shit to do with it you know but uh, that that weekend we did they did a show in. in Couple places, I think North Carolina. So anyway, we did a. They did a. They would have tryouts or workouts, should I say? They would have workouts before their their show, and I would get in the ring and I work out with those guys. You know, some of the guys like the ring guys or whatever. But that wasn't until later. I think how I got on, I think was like I said, CW and Steve Carino introduced me to the guys. Well, they had some shenanigans going on in a hotel one night. And there was a bunch of boys in the room. And then there were some females in the room. And you know how that went. Yeah. So I was there. I was, I was also there. And <laughs> the shenanigans went on. And let's just say they were cool. With, they were cool, too. Willie, really, they was like, yo, man, this guy's cool. You know, Jack Victory, those guys. They were like, he's he pretty cool. And so I think the next day or the, or the next week or whatever, I started doing a workout with them. And then after the workout, I think it was in Virginia, um, yeah. Tommy said, he booked me. He said, you, you, can, you, can, you can wrestle the first match with uh, like a dark match with uh, Julio De Niro, great guy. And um, 
I was I was shitting in my pants because it was a large crowd. This was like the largest crowd I've ever been in in front of. And then, you know, you got guys like Raven, Just Incredible, and those guys in the back. And I'm like, oh, snap, you know? And so I was the curtain jerker. You know, I, I was a curtain jerker for a long time. For all, just about the whole, just about all my career in ECW until I got with balls and, you know, and I didn't mind, man. I just, I was just glad to work to, to, to wrestle. And I did a, um, I, my charisma was great. You know, it was good. I would come out dancing and things like that. So, and people didn't know who I was. And, and the ECW crowd will let you know that they, that they don't know you. Because if you fuck up, they'd be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, who yeah. the fuck are you? <laughs> and I was, so I didn't, I was like, man, I heard, I had heard that at the show before. And I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> so at least I said if I, if I can't wrestle that good, at least I can I can dance and and uh and they said where you want to be built from? I said I, let's just say I'm built from here, from Virginia, West Virginia or Richmond, Virginia, wherever we were we were at, and that's how I got the name everyone's everyone's homeboy uh, because every town that I go to, I would say that I'm from that town. So that was <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I did the match with Julio. Julio carried me, man. Let me tell you, just about everybody I've been in the ring with carried my black ass. They carried me because I was like a deer to him, like bro. I mean, I can wrestle. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I can, I can do pretty good now. I'm much better, but you know, back then I was so green and I was so, I was so naive when it came to in in ring psychology, psychology, and, and knowing. Everything, you know, I'm not one of these guys that get up here on a, on a show, a podcast show, and be like, yeah, I was the shit. I was, no, man, I saw <laughs> It was guys carrying my ass, you know. What got me over was my look. You know, I now that I I, I took a little bit of pride in. I, I, I didn't come in, you know, because you, you, you don't wear a T-shirt. You have, your body has to look decent. You know, I wasn't no John Cena or no Ivan Pusky, but I was pretty decent. I, I had a pretty decent body. And so um, I think that's what Paul and, and Tommy kind of saw in me a little bit, you know, they, because they were putting me in matches and I was like, you know, okay, all right, that's cool, you know, and, but uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got noticed. And then um, after that match with Julio, that was my first match, Tommy said, because uh, I think Angel and those guys wanted to get off the ring crew. Yeah. So they found him. That's the guinea pig right there. Get that guy. <laughs> he said, "You want to wrestle? Get on the ring crew." And so Tommy said, "I can't pay you much. I'll pay you seventy-five dollars to be on a ring crew. Seventy-five dollars to wrestle. It's guaranteed. I was never on the contract, but I was always guaranteed that amount of money. And it was little money, but I didn't care. I just wanted to wrestle." And so I, I kind of quit my job, man. I didn't kind of quit my job. I did. <laughs> wow. And that's how, yeah, that's how I got to wrestle ECW. <laughs> that's an incredible story, that's man, honestly. Just, just these, oh, man. You're not even knowing who any of the guys are going in as well, which probably made it even more scary. You seeing what the ECW product was before you actually wrestled, you're probably like, holy shit, I haven't been doing shit like this. Uh, so that's... <laughs> It's amazing. I had, to, um, 
I might be the Bald Mahoney with a chair shot guy. Nuchak will stab your ass. And, and, and Sandman will cane your ass. And all three of those guys, I was stuck with at one point in my career. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, Flaming Tables match. I didn't know anything about that. You know, when I, when, when I did not do my homework, I did not study ECW. I'm, I'm that type of guy like that. I mean, I love wrestling. I love things to do. If, if I love something, um, I'm going to just focus on that one thing. Everything else around it kind of, you know, I don't really, you know. So, they, so like, even in wrestling, I'm not a guru guy in wrestling. You know, when I was training guys here, my students here, they would ask me about certain Japanese wrestlers. And I was like, man, I don't know a single job. I, I don't, Tajiri? That's about it. Because I wrestled with ECW. Other than that, I don't know a single Japanese guy wrestler whatever, you know, and they would, they would ask me certain questions. I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, because, and then once I get out of something, I kind of get out of it, you know I mean? I don't really stick around, linger around if it doesn't interest me because I get bored really quick. But, yeah, I was, I'm sad, sad to say, man, I didn't know no one in ECW, man. I didn't even <laughs> know Snooker have, hadn't had even wrestled in ECW. I didn't know where the arena was. If you – if you took me to Philadelphia right now, I couldn't even tell you what the, the, the ECW arena is. <laughs> I think it's on the corner of Rickner and something or else. <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, I'm just glad, you know, I, I, I say to God, God, the creator, has a way of making certain dreams come true for you if you, if you persist, if you stick with it, you know, and I had no idea that I was going to go down that road. I was looking at WWE or EC or WCW, yeah. you know, and um, that's what I was looking at, you know, but I'm glad, I'm so glad that my, my life went that route. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I did experience ECW and all the guys and girls. I mean, I had a ball, you know, if, if no one else did, Chili really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that one that last year that, you know, they were going through hell and everything. Yeah. For me, it didn't, it didn't really bother me because I was only getting 75, 75, $140, $140 just to wrestle. So, you know, hey. <laughs> You'd never hear about anyone getting paid that sort of money in a, in a company like as big as ECW got, man. But I think the best part of, about that whole thing is it was ECW, like yeah. I don't think at the time you would have realized it. That looking back on it, like fucking incredible. Like I yeah. would wrestle at ECW for fucking seventy dollars. <laughs> um, so yeah, that debut was in Norfolk, Virginia, on the twelfth of February, uh, and then I guess we're throwing over to you, Jack, to talk about something that happened on March eighteenth, two thousand. And I'm interested to see if you can uh, pronounce his opponent correctly. Oh God, okay. So, you work against Scott Damore and Tom Marquez before making oh, Marquez. your... Marquez. Marquez. Jeez, <laughs> See, I'm never going to get this shit right without, him, without you saving me, eh? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I, know, I, I need it. Uh, Say that yes. one more time. <laughs> Tom Marquez. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yep. Uh, before making your ECW uh, TV debut on March 18th, 2000. Against H.C. Loke, who was under a referee that wrestled sometimes under the gimmick at the time, 
I don't know if that fucking made any sense, Carl. He, he was, he was, he was. Sorry, I've, I've written it wrong. He was a referee that wrestled sometimes. Yeah. That was the gimmick at the time. Right. Yeah. Sorry, right. Jack. Right. <laughs> right. So, first, first thing was like, you've already been working these dark matches. How was it your like? What was your reaction to um, being told you're going to be on TV tonight? Yeah, it's just a mu- just over a month later, and he's going on television. Can you believe that? <laughs> um. Well, let me tell you what happened. How I got there. I. There, how I got to the television thing, I think was no, no, no. I don't, I can't remember. It. I can't. I really, I can't remember how. I thought that I got on television because of the big fight we had at XPW, but I think I don't think that was because I was on television. I think I stopped on the ring crew that at, after that day we had a big fight uh, XPW. Um, out of California, and uh, I just remember me, Balls, Kid Cash, we were just kicking ass. Uh, a lot of us outside <laughs> were just kicking ass. I, I just remember beating up somebody, yelling at a police officer, and then Paul, Paul came out of a back door of the arena, and I ran over to protect him or something and pushing guys around. And after that, after that whole melee, and we were taking down the the ring the the ring. I remember Paul called me over with Tommy and said, "Hey, you know, uh, you're you're gonna be up starting next week. You're gonna be off the ring crew. Uh, you're gonna start flying the shows." But I can't remember. I think I was on. I think I was doing TV. I was on television before that, but I'm not sure. All I remember, all I remember, is that I was doing a lot of dark matches. <laughs> That's all I remember. You know, I I, I didn't care. If I was on television, because to me it didn't, to me it didn't really, uh, I didn't feel any different if I was doing a dark match or on television. Um, maybe because they were setting up. That's why you do dark matches. Is you know, I, at least in at least in WWE, they would they would set up the cameras for the right angles. Yeah. And, and does the dark match? You know, they get the. But when I was in ECW, man. You know, I would wrestle Giant Swinger a lot, uh, Billy Wild, um, uh, Rodney Mac, uh, you know, guys like that. But I think, but I don't remember. I, and, and Tom Marquez, that was a good buddy of mine, man. I, I, I don't know how he's doing now, but I, if you guys talk to him, tell him I said hello. Um, but uh, I, I just don't remember. I don't even, you guys have more information than I do because I don't even remember that day. I believe uh, Steve Carino brought you out to fight the referee in a match, and the referee ended up getting the win over you. Uh, okay. I th- well, I think I remember something like that. I just don't remember. Was that in Danbury, Connecticut? No, that wasn't in Danbury. I don't. I don't remember. I wish I had the video. You know, because like I, I don't even see. I don't even see having my 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 um, matches. You know, um, but, but yeah, that was. I can't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember That's fine, bro. We can, we can move on. Um. <laughs> you know, we had a little click, you know. I think every – in ECW, everyone had their own certain click that they hooked, that they hung out with and um, hung out with. Me, with the Ring Crew guys, you know, me, HZ Lowe, Tom Marquez, Mike Keener, the referee, uh – that was pretty much it. The guys like that that was on the ring crew, um, 
And then you guys, you guys, you, you had guys like, um, you know, Angel, DeVito, and all those guys, uh, CW, um, Simon Diamond, those guys hang out. And then you had your other top level, much top level guys, your stars, big stars like Rob Van Dam, Jack, you know. Um, <laughs> and then you have, within that crew, you would have the guys that smoke weed. <laughs> And then the guys who did the hardcore drugs. And then you have guys like us who's just sitting there looking, you know, like, what's up? You know, we just want to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it, the thing about it, we were all a family. You fuck with one of us, you got to fuck with all of us. All of us. You know, and, 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 and that was a thing. And I think that's the difference. I don't know. I think that's the difference now because when I got out of ECW, even I went to OVW, the, the locker room had changed as I came back from the military. Wrestling had changed a little bit. So, and I know you got to change with the, with the time, but the, the, the camaraderie with the wrestlers, man, we were a tight knit group, you know, no matter what we were, we were just tight as hell, you know, but we had our levels, you know, it was like the bottom feeders, yeah. <laughs> the ring crew, and then you had your mid guys, and then, yeah, you're superstars, you know what I mean? So it was like, but everyone was a superstar. But I'm talking like your big, big superstar, like your Rob Van Dams and yeah. Jerry Lynn's and Steve Carino type shit, you know. So, but, yeah, I don't remember that that that, that when I was on TV because it didn't, I guess it didn't feel any different. I didn't get paid no Look, I didn't uh, get paid no more. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the footage of the match for you, and I'll send it your way after the uh, interview. Thanks. So you can check it out. Um, so uh, there is a feud. Your first feud in ECW, your, your feud with Johnny Swinger. You're working with him and your pay-per-view debut is at Wrestlepalooza 2000 on April 16th in St. Louis. Uh, what's it like working with Johnny? Well, first of all, how you guys get all that information? I can't get none of that information. Oh, man, that's, that's just research, awesome. bro. You guys, be, <laughs> research, bro. you guys must be in a, w, in, in a wrestling CIA or something. <laughs> Cagematch.net. Um, if you go to cagematch.net, that has every result of every match anyone's ever had. Bro, send me that link. Including your win-loss record. Yeah, give me give me send me that link later. But like like I said before, back in '96 when I was um, when I tried out for WCW, you know, like I said, you had your guys come in for training. Johnny Swinger was one of them. Right, because he was on television early back in WCW, yeah. and so you know, I would see him. I see him come into not really know. I just knew him on television, knew about him on television, like guys like Chuck Palomo and guys Felix 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 or whatever I forget his name. But anyway, so yeah. yes, yes, yes. So anyway, when I got to ECW and Paul started booking us, either Paul or Tommy, whoever, whichever one was doing this, and, and it was Johnny Swinger, you know, I was like, oh, shit, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, I was marking out, but I was like, oh, wow. You know, here I am. I'm, I saw this guy years ago back in WCW once, and now I'm wrestling him. Not only am I wrestling him, but I went over on him couple of times, I think. <laughs> yeah, you <And> did, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I, so, so I'm shitting in my pants, like, what the? 
you know, and it's um, it was incredible that you know they let me go over because Johnny Swinger was carrying the whole fucking match. Oh my god, he would tell me do this, do that, do this, <laughs> do this, do that, you know. And uh, he was he was really nice working with me, man. He was really, you know, I, I don't have a bad word about Johnny Swinger, man. He, he was he was really nice, and easy with me. Never never got upset with me if I fucked up or anything. Actually, nobody did. There was nobody in ECW if I fucked up any match or anything like that, or there was no one who who, who went off or anything because I don't know if it was because I don't know. They just did. They were really nice to me, you know. So uh, and I respected, you know, all of that. And um, but yeah, that was that was quite interesting, you know. And um, so. I remember though, I remember being in the military, being in basic training. And when you're in basic training, you you're 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 away from television, everything. Well, one day we had mail come into our into our uh, our camp. And it was at nighttime when you get mail. And if you get some crazy ass letter and your drill sergeant see it, he's gonna make the whole platoon do push push-ups and before you go to bed. Well, a magazine comes in, the pro wrestling magazine, illustrated magazine came in. I, I forgot what year. But anyway, it had a picture of me over top on a second rope, punching down on Johnny Swinger. And so when my drill sergeant saw that, he made a spectacle out of me. You know, they loved it, but I was like, you know, he put me, he pulled me out in front of everyone, in front of all my my peers. I had to do push-ups, and then when we go to Chow Hall, the captains knew about it. It was like the whole battalion knew about it. And I was in Fort Drum, New York, but I did. Uh, I'm sorry, I was in uh, this Fort Benning, Fort Benning, Georgia. And so everyone, everyone knew by then that there was a wrestling in the battalion and so <laughs> you, I would but but I got special I got special care also. But uh yeah I remember that you know like I said Johnny Tree is a good guy man. Damn good guy. Wicked man. I think he's still is he still is, who's he's he on, with now? He's in he's with Impact Wrestling now. Okay. I don't he's even watch gone. Impact. I don't, I don't even I can't even watch Neither it. Do I don't, I. I don't, yeah. Johnny Swing is still going strong man. He's still going strong in impact. Um, awesome. I wanted to ask you about uh, Steve Carino. Uh, what was your experience um, sort of working uh, with him and being with him on the ECW roster? I know um, throughout 2000, he was uh, a mainstay there. So I uh, it would have been awesome to sort of um, sort of learn from during your uh, first uh, early, early year there at ECW. Yes. Uh, Steve Carino was, like I said, he got me into ECW, him and, him and CW. Um, and so I, I knew Steve in, on the independent circuit a little bit. Like I said, excuse me, the first time I saw him was in my old high school before I started wrestling. But uh, I used to wrestle with a guy, promotion in, in North Carolina, and Steve Carino's parents lived down there also. And so I remember one night, uh, I, I remember one night we, we were going to do a wrestling show. Well, the next was which was on a Saturday. That Friday night we were driving, and we were close to Steve's 
hometown. Well, something happened to my stomach, my side. So I thought I got really sick, really, you know, just eating something, McDonald's or something. Turned out it was uh, my appendix. Oh, and shit. yeah, I didn't know it. So, so we we crashed at Steve Carino's dad's house because Steve Carino's dad, um, he was doing like a like an agent type thing. He was he was getting wrestlers or whatever. And so I was one of his guys, and we stayed at, stayed at his house. The next morning, which is Saturday, we were supposed to have a wrestling show. Well, I they had to take me to the clinic, and I had to go in the hospital for about three days. And they took the appendix out. They said if I would have wrestled, it would have ruptured or whatever. Would would have been really bad. Anyway, Steve Carino, mom and dad was the one who helped me those three days, paid my doctor's bill, everything, everything. Um, so I, I owe them a, a huge debt of gratitude for that. And that goes to show you that the, the level of how nice it, not only Steve Carino was, but his family. And when I was wrestling in ECW, man, it was, you know, I, I didn't have that much contact with Steve. Um, Maybe only like you said, if they that that time will where I was on the on the the TV show, I mean the TV match with HC Lowe. But I didn't do a lot with Steve Carino in in ECW. That's the thing about it. If you are if you are lower on the total pole, you're gonna be here. They may pull you out and make you you know let you wrestle with these guys over here, but you don't really you don't really hang out and really understand and know what's going on because you don't really, um, you don't hang out with them. And yep. so Steve Carino was like up here with all these guys, with the Jack Victories, Rob Van Dam, Just Incredible, you know, guys like that. And where I was down this way, and if I came in contact with him when it came to wrestling, it was only because they were trying to run an angle or something like that. Yeah. And so, but I didn't really, I didn't really hang out. I didn't fly with them. Didn't didn't do anything. You know, just you know, you see him in the locker room, and that's it. I knew my place. Yeah. You know, like the Rock said, know your role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you have any stories of any uh, interactions with uh Paul Heyman, uh, particularly during the time uh, around the time where there was issues uh, with TNN that were evolving? Um. What's, what was your interaction with uh, Paul Heyman around that time? And what was it like behind the scenes as issues with TNN uh, were arising? I can't hear the last part. When he was talking about ECW? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the issues with TNN uh, were arising. So what was that oh, like uh, okay, behind okay, the scenes? Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't state it more. No, you know, I can't explain yeah. it more because it's, it's – you really have to understand that it's like um, it's like a it's like a family, okay. When you have children, and you you tell them you have the children eat at this table here, if you know if you have a big if you have a big family reunion, and then the the adults eat here. Not saying that we were yeah. children; it was just that the ring crew guys, we were only we were taking orders pretty much from Paul. I mean, from Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. right. And um, you know, so. Paul, whatever he discussed with Tommy, then it would trickle down 
to us after Tommy would tell the other guys like Angel and CW and Chris and Steve Carino and all those guys. And so we it was almost like we were the last to know. <laughs> the the ring crew guys. We were just like sit we we would either put the the ring putting the ring up or we or we are tearing it down waiting to find out where we're going next. And right. so um the only time I really had interaction fall really was um when I when I first first started, because Tommy introduced me to her, and then that time we had a fight in in California, and he said that you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna start flying, get off the ring crew whatever, because um, yeah. he was really stoked about that. He was like you're a fighting motherfucker or not? Well, he didn't say motherfucker. <laughs> he probably said fucker. He said you're a fighting fucker, you know whatever whatever. <laughs> and uh, and so you, you know we will see Tommy. I mean we will see. Uh, Paul come in and out every so often, but during that time, uh, we would hear you know rumblings of you know we're gonna get a TNT deal or whatever, or the deal was falling and talk and, and Paul was going to WWE. Uh, there was times when he didn't make the show or he didn't he didn't go to the show, and Tommy would come in and tell us let let you know let us know what's going on. Uh, but you know. Everyone was just, everyone was still doing their job. You know, um, guys were, you could tell the upper guys were, were like pissed off, you know, Lou Jack yeah. and guys like that, you know, uh, Sandman and, you know, Balls and Jerry Lynn, whoever. They were just prancing. They were, they were fucking, they were hot because I guess they were, I don't know, I, I, I'm quite sure they were on the contract. And um, like I said, I would just get my $140 and I was happy as a fucking go eat the grass, you know. I, like, oh, I don't care. I drive from wherever, you know what I mean? And so um, there was times when we were doing, like we would do warm-ups before the show, and guys would come in and try to try out from, from, from different areas. And me and Tom Marquez would just beat the shit out of them because we, we had to do something to not not pop the boys, but we were kind of frustrated too because it was like if if they were frustrated, then the morale was was, was if the morale was low, then it was just low all over. And so we saw that guys like Fonzie and you know these guys was mad. And I remember we were in New Orleans, and these two big guys, man, they were big as fuck, and they were twins. I think they got a run in WWE at one time. I'm not sure. But they came and tried out big ball guys. They were ball headed. No, oh, the Shane twins. So, uh, Shane? I, I don't know. But they were. Yeah. They, 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 did a, they did a small stint in WWE. But anyway, they tried out. And I remember Fonzie came in and Fonzie said, Chili, beat the fuck out of them. He told me and Tom, he said, beat the fuck out of them. And we, and he said, blow them up, beat the fuck out of them. And we ran these guys to death, man. We we ran these guys running ropes. We didn't really hit them. We were just running ropes, you know, doing bumps to the point where they just like, fuck, we done. We can't, we can't hang ECW. But, but Paul wasn't there. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, like I said, Paul wasn't there and people were just like, 
they were just mad and it was just like if you were if you were an outsider and you trying to come in ECW, whoo man, you didn't you didn't get no love at all. And the first two guys that were gonna stomp your stomp your ass with me and Tom after we put up the, the ring, they would tell us to go and work these guys out. You know? and so that's awesome. That's what we, that's what we did, you know. We were just I mean you talking about heat and we were just Ah, I mean, stiff as fuck. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> you know, and, and so that was the thing, you know, and until Tommy said, you know, hey, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Tommy was always the cool the father. He was like the cool big brother, you know, that's enough. All right, that's enough. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I remember when we beat up, uh, well, not beat him up, but we, we, we really worked out at that time, Mickey James was not in WWE. Yeah. Her boyfriend came to try out for ECW. We were in Virginia somewhere. DC. We had a show somewhere. Bro, we worked this guy out so bad. I can't think of the guy's name. I don't think he's a wrestler or anything. But, I mean, we just put the break. We, we just, whoo, we worked him out bad, you know. And and, and that, was, that was funny because after I went to the military and I came back and I saw Mickey James and I was like, remember, I was like, I remember just a couple of years ago, she was, her boyfriend was trying out for ECW and now she's a big star. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like, yeah. you know, but anyway, yeah, that was just some of the things though, you know, we, yeah, we didn't see Tommy. I mean, we didn't see Paul that much. You know, so everyone after, was pissed off about the fact that was Paul wasn't showing up very much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tommy at the time was taking money from the merch, paying guys, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. So as long as I got, like I said, as long as I got my $140, man, I was good. <laughs> um, I know later on in uh, I know later on in 2000 you started to team with the Sandman a little bit. I just want to know if you had any uh, funny mm. Sandman stories uh uh, interactions with him because he's always uh, a funny guy. The, only, the, the the you know Sandman taught me a lot. Also, he would he would he would lecture lecture me a lot. You know, certain things. Him, balls, and and New Jack. You know, they would just tell me. You know, you have to. You need to be more confident in yourself and your ability and and things like that. And um, but it wasn't a tag. All of my matches, if you go back and look, especially when I tag with, if I tag with uh, balls, if I tag with, you know, I didn't ever really tag with Lee Jag. It was just more like a run in. He would run in and beat up people, and I would just be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It was sort of like the same thing. It wasn't like he was waiting on the outside of the ring, waiting for me to give him the hot tag. It was none of that bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just more of. I would come down or, you know, get in or I'm doing something and he would, he would just show up in the crowd and, uh, you know, his music hit, he just started clearing <laughs> out the house. And so, um, but, but far as, and, and then, like I said, once, once these, these, these matches would take places, would take place and they would end, like I said, these guys go back to their crew. I will go back to my crew. You know, as soon as we hit the dressing room, it's not like, it's not like uh, I would get in, in, in the dress room and I hang around Sandman and say, hey, you know, it, you know, 
I was everything. I ain't asking shit, you know. I didn't. I, I didn't say how did I do. That's one thing I don't. I, I'm not. I, I didn't. I never said how. How's my? How was this or how was that? They're gonna tell you if your shit stink or if it, it was pretty good, you know. He yeah. would say, you know, this is what you need to do. Blah 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 blah. And so I didn't really have any funny stories with guys like that, you know. It's just. Um, if if I saw something like when they had the show in Florida, and he was he was he was tanked out of his mind, and uh, that was the show he went out he went out to the show and pants was hanging down and um, he was just drunk you know the war I think we were there and the warlord was there um, I don't know he was just visiting or whatever but yeah. Sandman was I mean he was he was just messed up you know so that was some <laughs> funny things about him you know and then. I think him and when New, him and New Jack had a fight or something like that, I was in the locker room, saw that, you know. Um, but that was about it, you know. You see these guys, and you, you may we 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 may be at this the, the same hotel or whatever, and you may walk across or walk by their room, and you'll see certain guys in their room doing certain things, you know. Then these are the guys over here doing their thing, you know, and that was it. But when we got to the arena. You know, or or we go to the club, and uh, you know we just walk in free because who we are and Sandman just, you know, I would see guys be like, "Hey Hack, what do you want?" Hack tell him what he wants. This guy go run and get his shit, you know, and we're all sitting at the table laughing. I'm like, damn, you know, (laughs) it's like the mafia, you know, he's the Godfather, you know, like God knows, you know, so things like that, you know, but. uh, yeah, no, that's cool, man. Um, so I know uh, ECW Guilty as Charged 2001, which is on January 7th, 2001. It's your final ECW appearance. Uh, you tagged with balls to face Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. Uh, any memories of this and the final days of ECW? Was that, at the, uh, was that, was that in New yeah, York? Yeah, I, I think the Hammerstein, the Hammerstein? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I re- I remember doing that with them because I I think we also did a I did one with 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 um Sandman also, but the one with Simon Diamond and um, Johnny Swinger, I think it yeah. was. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was I I enjoyed that, you know, and um, you know, Rhino come in. Rhino, let me tell you that you know he was an awesome guy. He's, he's an awesome, he's still a good friend of mine. And um, every now and then we talk on Facebook or whatever, but you know, he really also helped me out a lot too. And so I, I enjoyed uh, wrestling with him. Uh, Dawn Marie, when I was in the military, uh, she, would, she would write me letters and Simon Diamond, you know, they were really good that's good nice. people, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, going, get ready to go to war, and they were like, you know, hey, chill, be safe, blah, 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 I was like, okay, and, um, but yeah, uh, tagging with balls is awesome, you know, like I said, we didn't do like a, we didn't do like a real, real tag, that, like, you know, he, like I said, he, he's on the outside, we didn't get tagged, tagged in, it was just, we would go and face the Baldies, or we face um, Simon Diamond, and those guys, and it was just, uh, it was it was just a ball, man. You know, especially the one when we was in Chicago. I think that was my more memorable one. 
the you know the flaming table match with uh, the Baldies. Yeah, that would have been so, that would be interesting. Yeah, that was that was that was a nice one, you know. And uh, like I said, I had never, I had never did my research on the 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 flaming tables. You know, I never seen Devon or 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 Bubber them do anything, you know, because I I didn't go back and watch. And so when they said in Chicago we're gonna do a flaming tables match, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, who's going? I thought I thought I was going through the table because I was the young buck. <laughs> and they said, no, you're not going to the table. I think DeVito said, do you see anybody else here with, with their shirt off? You're the only one walking with, with some tights and no shirt on. <laughs> do you really think you're going to go to a table? And I thought about it. I was like a deer in the headlight, staring at a headlight. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not going to the table. So, <laughs> so, I seriously, I looked at all three of them. I was like, all three of them. I was like, balls have on a T-shirt. Angel has on a T-shirt. DeVito has on a T-shirt. I'm the only one that don't have a T-shirt on. And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, so I'm not going to the table. And seriously, it was like almost 10 minutes before the match. I was really happy because I thought I thought I was going through the table. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to put me through a fire. I said, I said oh, no, I'm going to get burned and everything. And I've never seen the, the Dudley boys do it or anything like that. I just, I didn't know that was like a tradition. I was like, you know. Okay, and so when we did it, you know, I was just like, I was trying to light my lighter, and I was like, this shit ain't light. I was like, balls, it's not lighting. <laughs> I got it. I said, okay, wow, you know, but, um, you know, that was just one of those times. That was good, you know. I just enjoyed it, you know, and I I think the Baldy feud was probably one of my best that I that I enjoyed. Yeah. You know, meat balls and everything like that. So those guys was fun to work with Angel. Anytime me and him would, would start wrestling or whatever, we'd take it through the crowd. I can tell him do this and do that. He'll he'll just do it or whatever and or he'll say do this and do that, you know. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. You know, the the, the one with Simon Diamond and, and, and uh Johnny Swinger, that was just like uh we go in boom boom boom, blue meanie and Rhino would just come in and just Bam, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was so, cool, bro. And, and, and even Jasmine Saint Clair, you know, when she was there, you know, I didn't even know who the fuck she was. I was like, <laughs> they were like, the porn, they, were, they were like the porn star, Jasmine. And so I think someone, either Tom or either AC Lope, said something like, or either Mike Keener, I'm not quite sure. They were like, she's the one that did all those guys, you know, in the porn, did a hundred guys or something like that. I said, really? That hurt. <laughs> so, I was like, get the fuck out. So 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 the time that me and Blue Meanie did our did our, our, our little thing there and then I I was I kissed him. No, I kissed her or something and then I was supposed to yeah. kiss him. Yeah, you grabbed her and you uh, kissed her and then when you turned around Meanie grabbed you and he kissed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yes. Yeah, I thought that was a funny movie, you know, but before that, before going to the ring, I was like, it's Jasmine St. Clair. I said, shit, I wish, I wish after this show, this shit can really get down, you know? <laughs> I, was, I was like, no, I don't think that. I'm just a ring crew. <laughs> never know, bro. You never know. FD Jack. Yeah, so... Yeah, that shit was funny, man. Uh, you know, that, you know, we had good times like that. You know, 
Um, me, like I said, me and Rhino did pretty decent, you know, and uh, he would help me out a lot. I don't know if Paul was trying to get me to go against him for something when it came to the, I think one time he had a television title or something. Yeah, man. But, I, you know, he wrestled a couple of times. I I'm dead not, set. I'm not sure. Yeah. Three so, nights ago, right? But I just I, had to <laughs> like three nights ago, yeah. dude. I fucking opened a random episode of Hardcore TV or something. And I remember sitting on my PS4 controller, like just one of these, so like across. Fast forward. And I remember the first thing I saw as soon as I pressed play again was you whacking the fuck out of Rhino with a steel chair, dude. Like when you're sitting on the top rope, if you remember it. And it was just the most stiff chair shot ever. That, that was the first thing I, I saw watching. <laughs> this is three nights ago. Very, very recent, man. And, uh, and I ended up watching the rest of the match, man. It was fucking wicked. So... Um, I wanted to chime in and just tell you that story there, man, because that was a little funny moment I had a couple of nights ago because I just saw the chair shot and I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, no wonder that's <laughs> man in wrestling now. <laughs> wow, I don't remember that. I just remember me and him wrestling uh, one time one-on-one. We had a, 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 a wrestling match in St. Paul. No, not St. Paul. It was in Minnesota at the university. I remember that. Um, but I don't remember the match. You know, I yeah. just remember me and him wrestling couple times there you know i don't know if it was a couple of times but there um and then i remember also wrestling uh scotty demore the guy who's um he's in charge of impact Impacts. you know yeah. in toledo so you know like i said you know we will go in certain towns and and uh paul and tommy or whoever was in charge you know would let me go over on these guys and it was like wow you know um mike bell you know um, Rodney Mack, you know, he was, he was a really good guy. You know, he would, he would help me out a lot also, man, big Rodney. Um, so yeah, we, we, we just, I was just, I was a curtain jerk. I was, I was enjoying my curtain jerk time in, in ECW. Um, I loved it. You know, I had no problems with it. Awesome, man. That's great to hear some fucking awesome stories that you've been telling us about your time in ECW. Um, how did you find out that uh, ECW was going under? Um, I know that everyone in ECW seems to have their own little sort of story on how they found was, out and how it all went. Yeah, like I said, we were, I, you know, the word came down to us all and uh, that it was really going under. We, mm. we, we were hearing it for weeks, but then, uh, oh, i never forget, uh, I think one of the last shows, I, if not the last show, Tommy said, because I was flying at that time, you were booking me to fly to show because before that, I would drive from North Carolina to Philadelphia to pick up Mike Keenan, the, 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 the referee. From Philadelphia, I would drive all the way. We would drive together to Long Island to pick up the ECW truck. Park my truck, park my car there, pick up the truck, and drive wherever we had to drive to to a show. My God. Come back. I would get in my car, me and Mike Keener. I would take Mike Keener back to Philadelphia. From Philadelphia, I would drive all the way back to North Carolina. So yeah. I did that for almost six months. I, 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 I put in time, you know what I mean? So anyway, when I was, um, <laughs> yeah, 440 bucks, I didn't even cover, that covered like half my gas. There were times, man, I would sleep on the, on the, on the, on the um, not the side of the highway, but I would sleep at the, the rest stop. In my car, man, because I couldn't make it. 
I was so I was so jacked up. You know, I quit my job. Though. I was happy that I quit my job, but you know, for 140, I couldn't even pay the car payment. You know, and uh, I was just like running from the law because I was like I, I couldn't pay the, I couldn't pay the car payment. They were they kept asking my mom them for the for the car payment, and uh, I would be out of town, so they couldn't get the car. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, you know, but awesome. I was flying. Like I said, I was flying, and then. The last show, I think, 2000, 2001, after 9-11, or, yeah, right at, right at 9-11, Tommy said, Chili, you don't have to fly. Um, you can stay home this weekend. And at, that's when I saw the writing on the wall. I said, oh, shit, man, we get ready. To, they, we really get ready to close now because he's telling me I don't have to fly. So yeah. I don't know what show that was. I'm not – I don't know where it was at. New York, somewhere. I don't know. But uh, Pine Bluff, I Arkansas, go. I believe. Oh, okay. I didn't go. So when that happened, that's when, um, and that's when I said, you know, I'm going to uh, enlist in the uh, in the army because I needed a job, man. I was like, I fucking need a job. And plus, I I kind of always wanted to be in the military, so um, not. I just wanted to be in. I just wanted to be on the side of history, so I said I'm gonna go to war, not to fight to kill or whatever. I just wanted to go, but of course that comes with it, you know. I didn't know what I was thinking. Like you just gonna, you just gonna go in there and look at it, you know. You you actually gotta go in there and participate. So, you know, after that, that's when I said I'm going. I'm going into the military, and um, I did that. That was it, you know. It was just that one that one conversation. Tommy told me I didn't have to. I didn't have to come to the next show. That's okay, no problem. And that was it. Yeah, I suppose from there, yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty obvious if they're not willing to fly you out. Um, and I mean, no one knew it was the last show at all. I mean, several people have told us like, if they knew Pine Bluff was the last show, they probably would have fucking blown the fucking ring up or something crazy. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's unfair that ECW never got its proper final send off until about five years later. But that's a whole. Oh, whole another thing. Um, I wanted to bring up there as well with the um the army thing. So you also had some dark matches with the WWF um against uh, Q-Sick and JR Ryder. Um, how did those come about? And was that after ECW? Was that after ECW? Yeah, that was uh, that was after ECW. It was like a few months after ECW closed in two thousand and one, I believe. Uh, you'd had some dark matches for the company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, yeah, there were some. Uh, there was a guy named Cusick, yeah. um, Pat Cusick. Um, me and him wrestled. Um, we, we knew each other on the, on the independent circuit. And, and so we, uh, they would, um, Kevin Kelly at the time, he was, he was booking or he was something with talent and he booked me yeah. to do a dark match. And yeah, I did dark match, I think. And, Richmond, Virginia, one and then one in Baltimore. I think I only did two. I only that's I only did two dark matches in WWE, and yeah. the one in the original one that was filmed and um, pretty good. You know, I was like I said, even CW, even even not CW, even Pat, he, he carried me that match because by the time I I, I I I came out of the gorilla position, man, and I saw all those people I had never. Never wrestled in front of that many people. Twenty, almost eighteen thousand. 
And I was like, oh, my God. This is it. <laughs> I want the grandest stage of them all. I mean, ECW was great. Don't get me wrong. But this is the this is the criminal of the crime. So I was like, oh. As soon as I walked out and I heard the music, and I was like, oh, my. You know, I'm dancing, but my mind is saying, yeah, damn. Look at all these people. I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't even concentrate. I, I, I forgot everything that was going on in the match, what we were supposed to do. I was just, I said, the only thing I know that's comfortable is that I can I can shake a little bit. And then I went I went down the ramp. I almost slipped and fell a little bit. And then I got on top of the, the rope and did something. And I was like, oh my God. Waited for him to come down. He came down. We did our match. You know, it was pretty good at the end, you know. And, uh, but I was, I, I was so fucking green and so scared. I mean, I was, I was really shitting my pants, man. I had never seen that many people before, you know, but it was great. It was a great thing, you know. And um, I think the next time I did it was in Baltimore. And I remember I did the same thing, but I was, I was a bit comfortable at that, that time. But when I came back up the ramp after the match, Mick Foley came to me. He said, hey, Chili, he said, come here. He said, Ron Simmons wants to talk to you. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, okay, great. You know, in my mind, I was like, oh, shit, Ron Simmons. And, but at that time, he was with APA, him and, him and Bradshaw. And so I give to the back and, and by the monitor, there's a bunch of people there, a bunch of wrestlers, uh, Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Jeff, Jeff Hardy and them was there, and whoever, Test, I think, or I think he was still in there. Anyway, yeah. so I walk over, and everyone's quiet. And this is right after my match. And Ron, and Mick Foley go, Ron, and he looks at me, he turns around, look. He give me that look. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, okay, what, what's up, you know? And Bradshaw standing behind him, and he goes, mm-hmm. and so Ron Simmons goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell was that dance for? He said, I've been in the wrestling for 25, 20-something years for you, for, for, for you, for you, for black people or something not to come out here and dance and jiggable. Who told you to do that? <laughs> so my, oh, my happiness, my, my happiness for seeing him was like, turned to like, <clears throat> shit. Like okay, I'm I'm not I'm not a punk, you know. Yeah, this I'm you know I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of green to this wrestling thing. I said, but if if we're gonna fight here, we're gonna fight. I'm just gonna get my ass kicked. I don't care. But I'm gonna fight this motherfucker. So I was like, I didn't say nothing, but I was like, who the fuck are you talking to in my mind? Like, who the fuck are you talking to? You you ain't my dad, you know. But I was listening to what he was saying. And but then I looked at where and over his shoulder it was fucking Bradshaw and some other big guys. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> they about to get my ass. So so he said, I don't he said, I don't he said, I do not I don't understand. He said, you know, and he used to start talking, looking over my shoulder, looking at other wrestlers. You know, we I've been in this business so many years and 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 now got this guy coming out here dancing, shaking. And all this shit, this just pissed me off, <laughs> or something like that. And then I'm, I'm like, oh fuck! And he's really loud. I'm like, oh fuck! And then he turns and he goes, 
no, nah, man, I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you, man. That was a good <laughs> shit. That was a good match. <laughs> I said, what? I said, man, you had me going, man. And everybody started saying, yeah, that was good. That was good. So that was, you know, like I said, I only did two dark matches. Um, but I was invited back a couple of times. And then when I got out of, out of the military, I was invited to go. And... I did a I did a warm up match with somebody, and Jamie Noble was calling a match, but he didn't know because we had met when we were in Chicago, but he didn't know I was Chili Willie after I got out of the military because my hair wasn't blonde, and um, wasn't kind of I wasn't the same guy I wasn't on the roids or whatever it wasn't you know, and so he was just calling a match and then he was like, oh shit. At the end, somebody said, you know, that's Chili. But I think I was at East OVW. He said, man, yeah. Chili, I didn't know that was you. He said, if I would if I would have known that was you, and you that was in the ring, I would have gave you more, I would have called more spots for you or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was my time there. You know, I, you know, I might be getting my time mixed up a little bit if I was in East OVW or not. I think I was out of OVW. I can't remember. No. Yeah. I think you might have been in. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was even there before OVW. And so um, I was still in the military. And then once once, um, that happened, uh, they, they signed me to a developmental in OVW, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so speaking of you being in the army, I just wanted to ask you one question about uh, what were some of the scariest moments uh, you encountered whilst being in the army? Oh, shit. Um, wow, that's, that's, there's many, you know, we would, uh, I was in infantry out of Fort Drum, New York. And we, when the when the war started in 2003, we only went as a company, not a not a, not as a platoon. So our company, you know, each company has about three or four platoons. And when we went to Iraq, we were we were split up into sections where um, each squad would be embedded with uh, certain different um, special forces unit. And so I was uh, I was embedded with the special forces unit, ODA 90924, something out of, anyway, these guys were out of uh, Fort Car- Carson in um, Colorado. And they were like your 18. They were like a real life 18. And so we were in a safe house, in a safe house, uh, we were behind enemy line, meaning that we were so far deep into enemy territory that, I mean, because we were trying to gather intel, we had some guys in there, there were, there were like CIA guys, intel, all that stuff. We were just, our squad, which was probably about seven guys, were, were just like the... Um, 
security for these, not security, but we were like, yeah, we were like security for these guys at night uh, because those guys really needed to sleep. And, and then during the day, they can go out and do whatever they need to do. So we were like the bitch boys, but they tear off our name tags. They tear off our ranks. Uh, we could grow beards and everything. So we look just like an uh, an SF guy, special force guy. And we fight along them and everything. We, we just like them, except we didn't have the training and we don't have the rank and all that and, 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 and the intel that they have. And so... When we were at this house, we um, this this safe house, we would get we would get bombed or get attacked, not bombed. We would get attacked every night, probably let's say five thirty, six o'clock in the evening, because at that time I think it was during Ramadan or whatever. They were fat. Uh, they were fasting in the daytime, and then at nighttime they could eat or whatever. So these guys would come out and. We were right next to a cemetery. So our wall was a cemetery, then our big house. And um, we had we had Kurdish um, fighters to help us also because the Kurds and the Iraqi guys didn't like each other, but they would help us. And so it was probably about 40 of us at this big house spread out. But like I said, every night around 5.30, we get attacked. Mortar rounds, small on fire. And then at times, these guys would come across the, the cemetery and try to jump inside the wire. And if they would have got inside, you know, that's, that's where we are. So we would, we would fight, man, every night at least for almost 45 days. So during that time, we were, that was probably the scariest time when I was in Iraq. Because yeah. before you get to Iraq, you know, once you get to Iraq, or before you get to Iraq, you, 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 you stationed down in Qatar to get, to get um, intel and get your logistics and everything ready, the prep and everything, you, you know. And then they, they move you inside theater where the fighting actually going on, and uh, I didn't see con I didn't see combat um, until I got to that safe house, and all hell broke loose. And yeah, almost lost my life. Thank God I didn't. Um, we did lose one of our commanders, but he wasn't uh, from Fort Drum. He was actual SF guy. Okay. And, uh, but that was from a roadside bomb. Yeah, but we, we would fight, man, and um, that, that was not a pretty thing, um, you know, to, you know, because a lot of people think, you know, when you go in the military, oh, I want to kill. You know, before that, you know, we had these young guys, because when I went into the military, I was already 31 years old back in 2002. I was 31. And so I was already an older guy. I already wrestled ECW, you know, before that, I was already married, you know. So I, I already kind of had a life and career going on before that. But when you go into the military, you got young guys who are 17, 18. They've never seen anything. You know, they, they half of these guys never even had a real fight. And so I was like, I really don't want to go to – I don't want to go to war now, you know. I just wouldn't came into the military because I ain't have no money. I ain't have a job. But I don't yeah. want to fucking – I don't, don't want to go over there, man. 
you know, and, and, and start, you know, but when you get there, shit happens. And, and um, it's, 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 it's something, man, to have a bullet come at you. Yeah, I can imagine I mean, that would be scary shit. When you hear that shit, that is no joke. I yeah. tell anybody, that's no joke. It, it ain't no fun in that shit. I don't care if you try to be gangster. I don't care what. If someone, and then you see him, you see the guy shooting at you, but you can't see his face because his face is covered. Only thing you see, and they're, they're saying, whatever the fuck they said. <laughs> and this, this, you know, and and then you, and then you get, you see the, you you hear the mortar, uh, the mortar rounds coming, and then the RPGs. That's some shit that I, I, I'll never want to experience again, ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't never want to experience that shit again. I don't wish that on no one. To to all the soldiers all over the world, kudos to you, been there, done that. But it's not a. It's not a it's not it's not a cool thing, you know. You got guys who tough guys here. It's not like MMA fighting. It's not like boxing. It's not right. like wrestling. You know, you got tough guys here. You know, you guys here that can, you know, fight. They, they fit, you know. And but man, when you in war, that's a different. That's a whole different animal right there. You know, that's that's a whole different game right there. You know, and and um so. There was a, there was a lot of it is seeing people that you that you contribute you contribute to killing and then you see their bodies laying you, you that fuck with your your your, your psyche yeah. you know it, it, right, it, it right. still fucks yeah. with you so maybe because I, I you know I, I I don't remember a lot of things but I remember that you know what I mean I can't remember those matches that you just called yeah. but I can remember the times that I I shot my weapon I can remember yeah. the time. You know, I can remember that time when that, that mortar round almost hit me. You know, I can remember when those straps don't hit me. I can remember having a gunfight here, gunfight there. You know, running. I was on a, the QR, uh, QRF team, quick reaction force, you know, running, trying to save buddies, you know. So it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know. I, I You know, it's just one of those things. You know, I can't explain it, um, but I'm just glad that I'm here, uh, and uh, I, I'm glad I can I can talk about it now. You know, some things I, I it still it still get to me if I see certain movies. You know, yeah, yeah. and I, I say okay, all right, I remember that. Like the movie, um, the one they had with the Benghazi. They're talking about the Benghazi uh, movie. I can't think what it was. I don't know. It wasn't 12 strong, but it was, it was when they talk about the Benghazi, the incident and um, those guys coming through the cemetery. I said, that's just true. That's, that's some true shit right there. You got to, you got to shoot the mortar. You got to shoot the, the mortar guys. The, they have to, they have to shoot the mortar um, illumination up so that you can, you can see how many, how many people are coming at your ass. Because if you don't have that, you're just like in the dark, you know, and so. Uh, it, that movie called uh, 13 Hours? Yes. There you go. That's how my shit was. Right. That's exactly. Gonna, how I haven't watched shit. that before. I'll, I'll watch that tonight. Oh, man. That's how my shit was. You know, similar to that. You know, we stuck at a safe house and these people are coming around us. Boom, boom, boom. 
you know. And so, um, and like I said, thank God we had the Kurdish, Pesh American guys fighting with us because the motherfuckers were some hard fighters, hardcore fighters. So when I hear things about what's going on in Syria and things like that, and I hear about the, the Kurds, the Kurds, man, let me tell you something. I don't know political what's going on, but them were some hardcore fighters fought with them. So I seen them run down some motherfuckers, run them down, ta -da -da! you know, and so it's, 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 it's a game, but it's a fucked up game because it's political and it's it's just all. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, after after I came back, I was like, what? Why did I even go? Why did we even go there? You know, you know, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. Why did we even go there? But anyway, that's yeah. what happened. And um, you know, after after I got hurt, you know, because like we, I got hit with some shrapnel. I got hurt. I was sent to one of Saddam's, Saddam's palace. And there you had internet, but it wasn't like internet now. But how every day I would check my internet, check my um, email, and then I, I would get messages from wrestlers, you know. And then Paul Heyman actually messaged me. And he said, because I wasn't thinking about going back into the military after I got hurt. I just thought I was going to heal and once I heal, uh, I'll go back and, you know, re-sign up again, go back to the fighting. So this particular day, Paul, I see it, and Paul says, hey, Chili, when you get out of the military, you get out of the military, give me a call. I got, I got something for you. So when you see that, you know, you're like, okay, what? Paul Heyman? You know, because I was getting messages from Rob Van Dam. I was getting messages from Ryan. I was getting messages because prior to that, 2003, WWE went to their first USO trip. They went to Iraq. Yeah. Well, Rhino was also employed then for WWE. He somehow talked to whoever. Those guys came, and, and because Rhino wanted to see me personally, those guys came to my unit my special unit, just to see me. Stone Coles, I think Sable at the time she was there, who, whoever, John Cena. Well, I had got hurt. I had went home to America. All right. So I went to America. They came, the first USO trip, and when they came, they didn't see me. Brian said, they, you guys didn't see me. But someone had a picture of me. And so everyone, I got this at home in my mom's house. All the wrestlers signed a signature there. Um, and they, 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 all of them. And, uh, but I wasn't there. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, all of them. And so that was the first USO um, that they went there. And so fast forward, uh, when I got hurt, um, I lost my, well, my, my name, but. When I got hurt, um, I went back, went back to, went back in there, and I was gonna stay. Like I said, I was gonna stay, but they put me in Saddam's quarters and it, it is uh, one of his house. I looked on my email. Paul said, "I got something for you." I answered the next day or something like that, or same day, and he said, "When you come back, contact me." 
As soon as you come back to America, contact me. Well, when we when we got out, it was our time to go to go back home. Our one year, we went back home. When I got back to Fort Drum, New York, I had two messages. One from TNA and one from WWE. Right. I was called to my uh, captain's office. And I didn't know what TNA was because I was out of wrestling. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. know what TNA meant, you know. But uh, at that time, Scott Moore, he was also he was also involved with them with Jeff Jarrett. But I didn't know it was T, you know, I didn't know that was him. I didn't know that nothing. So I answered, I didn't even call TNA. I just thought TNA was some some independent wrestling. <laughs> I was like, oh, independent wrestling. I don't know who these fuckers are, but I know who WWE is. And I'm, I'm going to call because Paul told me to call. So I called and I got in touch with Paul and the ball started rolling. And they sent me, they sent me twice. I was still in military, on a military contract. Two times the WWE sent me to Ohio and then they sent me to Chicago. While I was in the military, had wrestling on almost two years, three yeah. years. They said, when I, they, they paid for everything. My track, they paid for my rental car. It was like I was on a contract. <laughs> yeah. They gave, me, they gave me a hotel room and <laughs> on top of that, they gave me travel pay. And I, <laughs> I, was, I was just visiting. I was just visiting. I did not wrestle. I didn't put on no tights, nothing. Because I was still, I couldn't because I was still under the, the U.S. government. Right. Well, they did all that. They did all that. And then uh, I went to the wrestling shows, whatever. And I'm, I'm just living large, man. It was like a vacation. You know, I'm in my car, go to the Marriott. And so <clears throat> they um, they contacted my, my commander and they, they said, we want to sign William Jones. We want to sign him. To the to the WWE, and um, they sent me the paperwork. Tom Pritchard sent me the, the paperwork. Sent me the paperwork, man. The contract. The thing. Initial, initial, initial. I still in the military. I still had two months to go in the military. So <laughs> my my unit was back in the garrison. They were back in the garrison, and they were they were doing push up sit ups. Once my once that happened, my commander gave me permission not permission but they they babied me and they sent me up to the colonel's office to answer telephone calls <laughs> so every morning i didn't i didn't have to do no pt i didn't have to answer to no one i'm sitting in the office by myself just answering calls watching tv because <laughs> in two months they knew that i was going to get out to go yeah. to the wwe well, once I signed that contract, they gave me one month. They let me out one month early. They let me go. And oh, I moved my family back to North Carolina, and I went straight to Kentucky, to OVW. Wow. How's that experience uh, with the developmental deal? And, um, and why, did it, why didn't it end up working out? Uh, in the end, uh, I think at the end, they ended up releasing you. Talk about OVW? Yeah, yeah. I um, I got there and I was in a class. This is, this is 2004, 2005. 
I was in the I was there with the class of Bobby Lashley, uh, uh, John Morrison, uh, Ken Anderson, Beth Phoenix, Julian Hall. What's the kid that that passed away? Matt um, Matt Capitelli. Yeah, Matt Capitelli. Yep. From Tough Enough. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, guys like him. Uh, the other, my, my brother that just passed away, uh, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Beast, Chad Gaspar. Um, yep. So I was, I was in that class with all those guys, and um, it was, um, it was interesting. I think first, who started us off training was uh, Hugh Morris. Um, yep. And, and after Hugh, it, it was uh, Lance Storm. And so, and then Tommy Tommy Dreamer would come in, and then some of the stars would come in sometimes, like Undertaker, Bubba Ray, and all those guys. They would come in sometimes, but uh, and my my man Boogeyman, he was there too, uh, Elijah Burke. But we, um, it was um, it was interesting. It wasn't like I was, I had expected, and my mind wasn't really focused. On W on wrestling, although the money was great, they had me on contract already as television. So I right. was getting uh, I was getting, I was getting television pay when some of the other guys were getting just developmental pay. Fuck. So Paul had, I was making one thousand four hundred and forty-four dollars a week. I have a paycheck oh at my, my mom's God. house. Damn. I have a paycheck. I have a paycheck stub at my mom's house. I can show you guys. And so, I thought everyone was getting the same pay. I didn't know that I was. I did not know that I was on a fast track. I thought, you know, I'm down here just developing. Well, we do. You know, we training and shit like that. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not on the roids. I'm not taking steroids because I just got out of the military. So my body's like military shape okay but not not tv wrestling so when i i met vince mcmahon right before i i um i got signed and he told me that he said we had a face-to-face -face meeting john 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 laurinitis brought me into the office and i'm sitting there talking to vince johnny goes hey chili you gotta go beat the man you gotta go beat the vince I said, okay, and I'm shitting my pants because I never really met Vince McMahon, even though I did dark matches. I never met him. So I get in there, it's just me and him sitting down and John, Johnny Ace. And so Vince is eating a sandwich and he's telling me, you know, talking to me, asking me about the war and everything. I'm talking to him. And then he goes, well, you got to get your body in shape. He said, we want you. He said, you have a nice, you have a nice story we can build on. He said, but you got to get your body in shape, in television shape. So when I went to OVW, I was, I was so out of shape, man. You know, ring shape, ring shape and, and, and being outside the ring is two, two different in shapes. So got in there and, you know, just started working out and everything. And so one day we did a couple, we, they had us do a promo. Stephanie McMahon came in, Johnny Ace and Paul Heyman. Well, Stephanie McMahon says to everybody, cut a promo. She said, cut a, cut a promo, everybody. So it was my turn to cut a promo. 
So I really didn't have a promo. So she said, before you cut a promo, tell me your experience in, in the war, about the war. And so I thought I was okay. I thought mentally I was all right. I told I was started to tell the story, but then I, I started to say, you know, when my friend got killed, uh, well, commander, I said, I, I started to break down and cry. Sure. And it just came out of nowhere. It just came out of fucking nowhere. And so I, I, I jumped out of the ring. I didn't know that that's what they wanted. That's what WWW, WWE would do. They would take the personal story of yours. They don't care how shitty it is. And they will use that. And they will they were building that shit for your character. You know, you could you could be Carl the Mark Man and, and you and let's say you had an accident and you, you you make a mistake and you kill someone or whatever, or they would take that story and on Monday Night Raw, you that would be your that would be your thing for yeah. until they, they finish it. So after that. You know, Paul came in, he said, you okay and everything? I said, I'm good, I'm good. The next week, they go, Paul goes in, he says, Chili, uh, we want you to work with, um, no, we're going to have uh, Jim Cornette work with you and do, do an interview and everything, but we want, we want you to tell your story again, what happened, but we want you to have emotion like you did when you were in front of Stephanie. And I was like, what? I can't. That wasn't a thing that I practice on. That that shit just yeah. that was some real shit, you know. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that, you know. I can't just. <laughs> and so they wanted they they wanted me to do like a GI bro gimmick, right? Um, and at that time, the guy, what's his name? Um, they already had a. A, a thing in SmackDown with the, the Muslim guy was doing. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, he was doing something. Yeah, he was. They were doing a gimmick because he he would come in. Also, he came into the he came into the OVW one time, and um, but we didn't have a match. But anyway, Paul pulled me to the side and he said, "We want you to do this army thing, this army gimmick." And uh, and so one time we were cutting promos for class. And it just didn't feel right. And I said, uh, I told Paul, I said, I, I don't like this. Yes. I told him and Lance, I said, I don't, I don't like this, this army gimmick. Because for me, it was real. It wasn't yeah. fake. It wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Now, if you ask me to do it, yeah, I could fucking do it, you know. <laughs> you know, whatever. But then I couldn't because it was too fresh. I no, just yeah. got out of the military one month. You know, not even a month. That was just, it just wasn't. And so I, he went back and told Vince. And so the next couple of days, I, I was going to go and train because we train every morning about 10 o'clock in the morning to about 4. Johnny called me at the hotel. Hey, Chili, you, you, don't have to go to, you don't have to go to practice today. I said, what? He said, uh, Vince, Vince uh, he saw your promo. He, he, he liked it, but he doesn't, you know, you need more work. He goes, um, but what what we can do is, uh, you can you can go down to Puerto Rico, Carlos Cologne, I think I want to say. Yeah. We we'll send we'll send you to we'll send you to Puerto Rico, 
And you could do more training down there, and then once you're done with the training, you come back up. I thought about it. I said, hell no. I didn't say hell no to him. I said, no, 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 I'm okay. I said, I'll just go home. My wife is waiting for me. And so I they they you stay on the contract for three months after that. You know, you still get paid for three months. And so I just went home, man. I didn't even, um, you know, I went, back, I went back by the school. I said goodbye to everyone. And then I just drove on back to uh, North Carolina. That was that was the end for me when it came to OBW WWE. You know. Wow. Thanks yeah. for sharing that story. That was awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's um. I mean, I look at it now. I I, I look at uh, how they do things now. I don't look at wrestling that much, but I just saw on Google or news passing like that. They're gonna take guy. What's his name? Keith Lee. And, and push them back down to the the performance center and some other yeah. guys. And I said, why? He just came on NXW, NXT, and now you're going to put him back further than NXT. You know, that's to me, that's just saying that you don't want him or you just, you want him, but you, I don't know. I mean, how much more developed does he have to, does a person have to be, yeah. you know? And it's just like, uh, Either gonna you either gonna find something for him to do, or you're not. You know what I yeah. mean. So I just threw that in there because the OVW thing versus working independent is it's just two different things. You know, it's 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 different. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I get you. Over to you, Jack. Uh, so as we wind down this interview, uh, what made you want to end up winding down your career um, after? Uh, OPW. What made me do what? Uh, sorry, just wind down your wrestling career. Oh yeah, just wind it down. Um, I just saw. I just like again. I just saw it right in the wall. You know, I uh, once I once I got you know acts from OVW. I was like, uh, maybe it's just not from you know. I, I had my run, I had my fun, you know, I, I lived my dream of becoming a wrestler and uh, even though I didn't do it to the extent that I thought I was going to do it to, uh, I did get back into it a little bit on the Indies um, afterwards and for maybe a couple, maybe two or three years, I think I did it for uh, a tag team with, with a friend of mine, uh, his name is Kenny, we were called the American Gangsters, and then we were also called uh, the Black Necks. And so we, we, we had fun. I had fun doing <laughs> that. Um, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't have any more aspirations of going back to the top. Um, once, once you, it's like once you really figure out, and, and not figure out, but once you see what's going on, uh, some things you like, some things you don't like. And so there were some things that I didn't like, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of politics in it. And then also, um, you got to do certain things, you know? And, and, and um, I was like, I'm tired of being told what to do because in the military, they already tell you what to do. What to do. So, and I was already um, on disability. So I, I said, well, I don't want to disrupt my disability for wrestling. And, and I knew I couldn't get back into that anyway. So I just said, you know, it's good. It's okay. I had my fun and I, I'm happy with it. I, I am, I am really, I'm glad that it, my life turned out the way it turned out. 
Um, I have no complaints, you know, and I thank you guys for having me on because you make it, you, 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 you keep my name going uh, out, you know, because um, I had no idea. Angel told me, he said, Shelly, some guy, you know, this guy right here wants to interview you. And I was like, who, what? And so I was like, really, me? You want to interview me? You know, and I was like, you know, so I didn't really do much in my career. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm happy. Uh, I thank God for it. And, uh, and to those who are still doing it, to guys who are still doing it, man, and the girls who are still doing it, you know, good luck to you and, and keep it going, you know, as much as you can. And um, it, there's politics, this shit, but you got to get, you know, get around that and, can, you know, continue your dream and, and aspirations. So I'm just happy. Awesome, oh, man. That's awesome. Um, so was your final match against your trainer uh, being C.W. Anderson? Was he my, say again? Sorry, was your uh, was your final match uh, against uh, C.W. Anderson? Ah, that was <laughs> last year. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, I, I, I did a little thing under the mask uh, called Blackzilla. And uh, that was <laughs> last year for, for a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, probably so pretty much, you know, and, um, you know, I train people here and there, there are some students I had here back in 2017 that I trained um here in the philippines and a, a great bunch of people here kids here that are eager to learn and um you know i had about 25 students and so i i trained them you know within 10 months i had to train them because one of the guys that was supposed to have been the pr promoter you know blowing smoke up everyone's ass said that we were going to be on, they were going to be on television, but you got to have them ready in this amount of time. So I said, 10 months, that's, that's impossible. That's impossible to, to train someone off the streets in 10 months and have them be ready for, to go on television and walk flawless of everything. It, it never happened. But anyway, I tried, I got them ready, did a show, uh, worked out pretty good, but I told them, I said, Hey, this promoter guy, don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, I know all about that. Don't believe him, you know. You know, but anyway, it worked out. And uh some of the guys and girls are still wrestling, some of them are not. And um, but the the Philippine uh, um wrestling scene up until the COVID doing pretty good, you know. You had three different organizations, PWR, MWF, um, WUW. Um, and that that crew came from the guys that I trained, which was AOW. So that's that's my stint here in, in the Philippines of helping and training people uh, in, in wrestling. So if, if you know if people come and ask me, you know, I'll consult, do some wrestling consulting, consulting and, and training and helping help out help out as much as I can. So, but I thank you guys for helping me keep my name relevant <laughs> awesome man awesome bro no, no worries you know uh angel's been a good friend of the show and uh 
I just thought to, I was like, man, I'll see if, see if Angel can get me chili willy. And he ended up getting me really? a touch of this. So, yeah, man, uh, I was watching some uh, old school shit. And I was like, oh, I've got to get this guy on the show. He looks just so entertaining. And um, so we, we really want to thank you for your time, man. Uh, it really it means a lot to us to be able to chat to you and hear your stories of, you know, being an ECW in the military. But before we go, we do have one final segment that we do in the show, and it's called Five Second Frenzy. It's about 10 different questions, quick fire answers, just to find out about other things that you like in life. Gotcha. Okay, so, Chilly Willie, the first question here on Five Second Frenzy, who is your favorite wrestler? Ric Flair. Uh, your favorite match of all time that you either competed in or watched? Probably me, probably me and Balls against the, the Baldies, the Flaming yep. Tables match. Awesome, awesome. bro. Uh, your favorite opponent? Probably, well, I'll say Rhino. Cool, man. Uh, your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show would probably be uh, CNN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite book? My favorite book that I probably could not quote you on nothing that I read would probably be, be the, uh, I know it's more than five seconds, so I'm going to say Art of War. Cool, cool. Uh, favorite musical artist? Prince. Oh, awesome, bro. I, I, I got to see Prince perform about three months before he passed away, so... Oh, uh, really? I was lucky to get in there right at the end, but yeah, he's he's amazing. Awesome. Uh, your favorite film? Scarface. Oh, brilliant! Great choice. Uh, favorite food? Steak. Yeah, we get that all the time on the show. Steak is probably the number one answer. Woo! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your favorite place to eat on the road? If I was in uh, America. Um, probably the Waffle House. That's a fucking a common one. That's a very a common, common one. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Waffle House. Unfortunately, we don't have them in Australia, but one day. <laughs> uh, your favorite alcoholic beverage, Chili? Red Horse yeah. right now, the beer. Red Horse beer. Yeah. Nice, bro. Nice. I dig it. Uh, Second last one here on Five Second Frenzy Chili is your favorite female body part. Mm. Wow. It's got to be that ass, man. Got to be. Sick. <laughs> Excellent be, choice. Yeah, Great be. choice. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, but it's got to be that butt out. You know what I'm saying? That's, Great choice. that's a goal getter right here. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely, bro. Uh, and the final one for Five Second Frenzy is your favorite curse word. Motherfucker. I think that's every black person's favorite <laughs> yeah. word. Fuck, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome, Chili. Well, again, we want to thank you so much for your time here with us. Uh, it really means a lot to talk to you and... Uh, I hope that you're so proud of everything that you accomplished in ACW and what you did in your military career. And you're living such a blessed and happy life there in the Philippines now. So it's really good to see that you're doing so great 
And uh, you know what? You're looking, you still look like you're in your 30s, bro. I'm telling you. Thank you very much, man. Sometimes I don't feel I have to get up every morning, go walk. You know what I mean? But uh, that's all I do. I don't even lift weights no more. I used to, but I, I, I would get injured. So I just said, fuck it. I'm just walk, do push ups, sit ups, keep it natural. Keep it simple, man. Awesome, bro. <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, thank you again, Chili. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great holiday, man. Will do. And thank you, everyone out there, for watching the WCWA Network here on YouTube and all platforms across the internet. I'm California alongside our boy Chili Willie, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.